0: This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Hi, this is Nat. I'm your host today. We are going to be going shortly into a very deep dive into the subject of falling out of love, out of how to heal, how to mend a broken heart, how to clear away uh, these old relationships. So whether you're actually in a breakup right now, and if you are or know someone who is, you might want to suggest them listening to this, um, there's going to be so many tools that can help you move through this more quickly um, and they can help you as you go through this. Uh, perhaps you are not in the middle of a breakup, uh, but still ha- are getting over someone. Uh, this is also, these tools will also work for that. And there, there are some specific tools uh, for clearing away old lovers, so those old relationships that we may still be carrying around um, physiologically, neurologically, and in our system, in our our fields of consciousness. And there's some tools that will be in here that will help you in that because we do carry around, unless we're able to really clear them, uh, we often carry around our old lovers, our old relationships, and certain patterns that we've had in those. And so the more we can let them go, so we don't carry them on into the next relationship or the relationship you're in now. Uh, so this episode is going to be very in-depth, very long. I have 20 keys, 20 tools and techniques for uh, going through um A breakup for falling out of love, for mending the broken heart, and for clearing away um, these old relationships. Now, before I jump into that, uh, if you are going through a breakup and you're really in the midst of it, I just want to let you know, you're going to be okay. This will pass. And you can let go and clear the hurts you can heal the hurts and the traumas and, and the pain that you may be going through. Because all of us who've been through that process know that it can be extremely emotionally painful. And so um, it's helpful to just know that you are okay. You're going to be okay. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure to put that out to you if that's what you're going through. Now, as we go start moving into um, a breakup where we're no longer relating to the person in the same way, and often uh, we don't have that same level of involvement in our lives with that person, more and more that the relationship that we're experiencing with that person is the relationship inside of us with them. Now, all relationships, even the ones we're in, live primarily inside of us. It's how we're relating to the other person inside of us. And so when you find yourself in a breakup, oftentimes your experience of reality is completely different than the other person's experience of reality because so much of the time these unresolved issues from this relationship um, and from past relationships and from past times those unresolved issues can really be surfaced when you're going through the breakup and so often how the other person is relating to you to the breakup and even how they are viewing the how the relationship was um, is really more about their relationship inside of them towards all of that uh, than anything that's actually um, about you and so to remember that it isn't personal and also to remember that um, there's a great power in knowing that how you're relating to them and how you're Um, perceiving them is also within you. And so once you realize that, it gives you great opportunity um, to heal that and to take authority over that. So that's something I wanted to bring forward before we moved into the tools and into the techniques that I'm going to be presenting here. Um, Also, if you do feel that you need more support, Um, and I have the availability, you can go to my website, transcend.online, and I do do coaching, private coaching with people. When I went through um, a really rough breakup uh, that was very contentious, involved lawyers and all sorts of things, um, I had a coach who was also working with me. uh, And it was so amazing, uh, to have that person with all the, the heartache and the emotional pain and and the difficulty of that kind of, um, energy and aggression coming towards me in my experience of that, um, having someone that was just in my corner and who I knew like, um, was there for me, was an incredible experience. So uh, I highly recommend just having, if you can, have that extra support. And if you're interested in working with me, you can go to my website, transcend.online. In this process of the tools and techniques, um, I'm going to be using excerpts from my spiritual teacher, John Roger, uh, some of different seminars that he put out the main one being uh, Mending a Broken Heart. That's the title of it. And you can get his stuff at msia.org. But I'm going to be using different clips, and I'll go over those with you. Um, I'll also put on my website the list of these 20 different tools and techniques to Mending a Broken Heart. And I'll have uh, the reference for the different seminars, And other um, support material in this post. So you can go there and get more information about all of this that I'm going to be talking about today. So, without further ado, I'm going to move into the first excerpt. It's actually going to be a couple excerpts. It's actually going to be from the end of JR's seminar, um, Mending a Broken Heart. And I'll play those for you, and just so you know, at the very end of this podcast, I am going to do a recap of all the 20 tools, Um, but now we're going to go into these excerpts and then start going in-depth into each one, Uh, and at the end, you'll get that recap. All right, here we go.
1: (laughs) My father told me something truthful. He said, son, the cure for broken hearts, another woman. Now, that's true. So what you have to do is to start going in to a new, fulfilling relationship. But don't take the old negative relationship responses with you. You're just like Mary. She was a real... (laughs) Who's Mary? Oh, I didn't tell you about Mary. Mary was a real... She's terrible. Hmm. You're calling me. I'm like Mary. Out the door. You see, you're putting them on notice. Pretty soon, I'm going to be out of love with you because I'm criticizing you and finding fault with you. Look, if they squeeze the toothpaste in the middle, put a little note on it. I would appreciate that you didn't squeeze the toothpaste in the middle or are you trying to tell me something? Because squeezing the toothpaste in the middle is a way of saying, I don't like your authoritativeness and the way you run me. And this is a subtle way of letting you know that something isn't working. Sit down with them and say, look, I get this toothpaste number. And if they leave socks strewn all over the floor, maybe they're saying, what I really want is a mother and a housekeeper, not a lover. Talk to them. Do you want a housekeeper? Am I to be your mother? What is it? Let's just be honest time. Because there's no need to be in a relationship that's not working for you, that's not honest in where you're going. It's going to end up in a terrible, disastrous place. I tell this to you because I love you, every one of you. I see the letters I get from you, and I hear what you say to each other. And it gets hard. And going getting drunk doesn't clear it. It just reinforces the next time you go to have a social drink, you'll get depressed and in despair because you got it locked into that type of action. So now you've ruined a good glass of wine. And the first time you go to have a glass of champagne to christen your baby, you're say, like, oh, God, I hate this kid. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the wine did it. Sure. Then you see this with people. They'll start drinking and they drop right into despair because they've not got those things tied with joy and with completion, with fulfillment. They've got it with drowning And so you have to ask yourself, why is it you want to die? And when did you first want to die? And why did you decide to use that as your execution method? The alcohol, or the drugs, or whatever it is. Going back and understanding resentment and jealousy doesn't cure it. You've got to do a step-by-step progression to eliminate it. And I've given it to you. In the last analysis... It's your life. Make of it as you will. It's yours. And blame whoever you want to to blame for all the ills and everything that's fallen to you and they won't cure them up inside of you. Now you've got misery on top of the incident that happened. And you sit around miserable and think people are going to beat the door down to get to you because you're loving. As another one of those fallacies... One of those fantasies that you have, they'll kill you. You're not maturing and getting involved in it. In the last analysis, after all is said and done, we are very foolish. We go find another love affair. After all the relationships have been disastrous upon us, we go look for another relationship. And in that, we avoid relationship with ourselves to find out what it is I'm carrying over to give to someone else. I'm not just giving them my love and joy, I'm also giving them my anxieties and my tensions and my deep repressions and my angers, my hostilities. Because, you see, most people are fighting for what's already theirs, the love, the joy. and So they walk around angry and hostile, disguising it as everything in the world fighting for what is theirs. Their own love is present. In the last analysis, love conquers all, it always has. But not the love of lust, and not the love of unrequited beingness, not the love of giving your power over to someone else. Not that type of love, the type of loving, where you want what is best for them, even if it means they're with somebody else. And that's a hard one. And yet, If it's not that, what is it? It will always miss the mark. It will always be less. And often when we find out that that one we are loving, that we are in love with, and it's not gelling, we immediately start to find and look for that reason, or some reason, whatever we want to make it to be, that is sitting in there as a rock in your shoe, that's irritation that will drive you apart or tear you away from each other. And if it isn't A that you decide it will be, if that disappears because that isn't it, then it will be number B or C or D or E. or Whatever it is you want to make it out to be, you can find ample reason to justify that. Except what? You drift apart. And so you blame Susie because Susie stepped between Harry and John. And Marcia and, and Marion and whoever else is down the line. She's getting everybody.
2: <laughs>
1: Except for one thing. Why didn't you take care of your loving space when you're with that one you said you loved? Did you start treating them like the last love affair? Did you start treating them less than the own image of yourself? That person ought to be very glad they've got you because after all, god lives in you also and so they don't like your personality they're not perfect they're changing we adapt and adopt to the last smile that we've heard and the last laugh we've heard and the last this that we've seen and the last that we've been involved with and the last person we saw walking cute we emulate that we often look in the mirror and say will the real person please step forward (laughs) i don't know who i am you know, I sing like uh, Judy Garland, walk like Elizabeth Taylor and uh, drop names like who knows who. If you don't want to live your life, it'll live you. And it will live you in the most disrespectful ways. If you won't stand up for yourself, and that doesn't mean put other people down or hurt them or demean them. It doesn't mean I'll be great because I'll make you look bad. See, if I'm depressed and I bring you down to my level, it doesn't make me feel joyful. I'm still depressed. I just got you there. And I'm still depressed. Now there's two of us. And misery loves company to a point. All of a sudden it hurts. And that hurting says, get up and move. I've laid out a course for you. You follow that, you'll have success. It's not designed to fail. After all the years I've been talking with you people, everything I've told you has been designed for your success. Even talking in the negative terms so you could see it, was designed to let you know where it is so you could have success. In the midst of negativity, you could have success. In the midst of despair, you could step out of it and do it anyway. Again, this is what we're dealing with. Now, a lot of people don't like that, see, because it takes away the crutch of their own support, where they can blame you for their inabilities. If we use that will that is ours to just keep standing up, we'll be flowing with life. We have to take life as it comes. Our attitude towards it is what gives us the difficulty, not the way it comes. It comes perfectly for us with each lesson for us. And we're laying out all those lessons for ourselves and when they come in, we cuss them. We say, I don't want that. It's like, you programmed it. I still don't want it. Eat it. All right, I'll eat it. I have to. It's all over me. <laughs> then eat it so there's none left. You see, when you do something, do it until it's completed. Finish it. Do the thought stopping till those thoughts on that person stop. till they're out of your mind in terms of that loving, unrequited response. And then let them just come forward as a person that you can love and respect as part of God's kingdom, not one who debilitates you and rips you apart. And you never look at them again in terms of that close, intimate, loving response. You look at them in terms of the living love. Just love them, let them go. And you would help them like you would help somebody else without committing yourself to that position again where you've given away your power. But share your strength by assisting where you can, And don't get caught up in these foolish things of what you think they're going to do. They're going to do what they do, and you can trust that. You can trust that. That doesn't mean they're going to do what you can trust, but they're going to do what they do. And it may not be to your advantage, and you can trust that to happen.
0: So there's already so much in that, um, or those two excerpts. Uh, And I, I want to highlight a couple things as I do um, that I think are helpful. Uh, number one, I love the idea. There's no need to be in a relationship that doesn't work for you or isn't honestly on purpose with your own direction. Um, and, and also the idea of not bringing the old relationship into the new one. And so, um, these techniques are going to help you to, to clear some of that. And as he said at the end, you know, it, it's a course of study that he laid out and it works. He designed it for success. Um, And it's a way where you get to the place where you see them differently. And that's really the whole thing we're doing here is shifting their relationship inside of you um, so that you don't have that close intimate response with them, uh, but you can share your strength with them. And you trust that they're going to do what they do. Um, I really liked when he said our attitude towards it is what gives us the difficulty, not the way it comes in. It comes in perfectly for us with each lesson for us. Uh, and and it's that idea that in the midst of the negativity, in the midst of despair, that you can have success. Now, one of the things that I do is I, I meditate, I do my spiritual exercises, um, and that involves me chanting a tone uh, that I was given when I was initiated by my teacher, um, a a mantra, a tone that I chant and then I listen. And um, it's about resonating inside uh, to the sound current, which is this audible um, stream. It's this higher vibration um, that comes from God, is God, is I don't really know how to describe it, but it's about moving, using this mantra, listening, uh, moving your consciousness into a higher awareness. Well, there have been times when I'm going through this kind of uh, emotional pain, this, this difficulty, um, where I, I might sit there for a half hour and only get out, you know, only chant the mantra like two times cause I'm in such a mess emotionally and mentally. Um, but the important thing is that I sit down, um, and Jared talked about that, about, you know, getting that, that willpower, um, that we have inside and choosing to stand up. And it's a matter of, I, I think there's a, um, Japanese proverb and it, it says, uh, fall down seven times, stand up eight. And the point is, is that regardless of, um, how down you get, even in the midst of that negativity, that you can have success, that you can use that will power to do these different tools and techniques. And at first it just may be that you're in a mess of a place. Um, but you can do this course, uh, that I'm laying out here, um, you can do that, and if you do it consistently, you will get out. and you'll get out, you'll break these ties uh, sooner than you expect. And there was a couple um, there was a couple different things that he mentioned in there. One, he really was on the theme of taking personal responsibility uh, for what you created, what you allowed, and what you promoted. And you can do that um, in your attitude towards what you're looking at. Uh, when you get find yourself in the blame game, in the but they did this, um, you know. In order to really take your power back in any situation, it requires um, a great deal of personal responsibility. That in some way or another, even if you don't see it now, that you created it, you allowed it, or you promoted it. Um, and that's something that in Insight Seminars. Uh, they really um, go that they really introduce that in a really nice way. Um, so that's one of the methods. That's one of the steps in terms of how to approach it. Is to approach it from this position of taking responsibility. Um, the other thing he said is is move, and I've really found that exercise is a great way of burning that energy. Um, whatever that is for you, getting in nature and sweating exercising uh, for me that could be surfing that could be running um, some days when it's really bad when you're really going through one of those heart breakups um, getting out of bed may be <laughs> that may be your movement but move and that's that's a key thing um, the other thing before we get into um, more of these techniques. Another method, something that I really like that, that I like to remind, be reminded of and remind others is start out wherever you are in it, send the light, ask for the light, imagine the light going in. If your heart is, is aching, if you feel that in your chest, if you're nauseous, you know, we have physiological responses to this emotional pain. Um, just ask and imagine ask for the light to go into that area for the highest good and ask for that soothing, calming light, that lifting light uh, to, to go into that area. Imagine that taking place wherever it is inside of you. And you can do that while you're exercising if you feel those places of tension. And just remember, send the light to the other person. Um, and you can, you can just ask uh, God the Spirit um, I ask the traveler, I just say, hey, can you handle sending them the light if I'm not in a place where I'm neutral, where I can like send the light neutrally, it's like, hey God, you know send the light to these people for their, their highest good um, So it can go without your emotional stuff uh, because the light that alone having that focus can start to shift things inside of you as you as we get into these. Uh, so now we're going to go into the first um, step, the first technique that JR is really gonna bring forward here, uh, which is for us now number four, because I just told you about three that I got, that I've used and that I got from um, what he was saying in there, uh, but this is the, the stop method. So let's go into that now.
1: How many of you here have ever been in love? Raise your hands. Okay, that's about it. And how many of you in here have ever had that love affair go?
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Didn't you know though before it went that it was going Y'all sensed it, right? And in that sensing, you decide, oh, I won't say anything. I'll continue on with this masquerade. It isn't working, but till a better one comes along, I better hang on to what I've got. Well, I'm not too sure that we should hang on to anything. It seems like when you hang on, you get hung up, right? Sometimes we're... All in the process of mending a broken heart from something or another, haven't we? How many of you would like to learn how to fall out of love? <laughs> well, you fall in love, I would fall out of love. I'm sure he didn't go into it sensibly and rationally, because love doesn't work that way. It works as some sort of attraction, and you've got to have them. Then after you have them, you've got to get rid of them. <laughs> before you're had. If you're going to live with somebody and you're going to love somebody, why not live with them and love them? Or tell them you're going to go 80% and that's it. They may not be able to go along with that idea, but it's being honest with them, not getting caught in the honesty trap. Because sometimes emotions go up and down according to the time of the day and if it's raining or if the sun is shining. You see, what happens is that we've learned to love a person, and we learn to feel them, we learn to have their hands on us to touch our body, and we grow very accustomed to that. Plus, we fantasize about it. When they're not around, we're thinking about them being around and all the things we'd do to them if they were around. And when they are around, we never do those. We do some of them. It's a process of being honest with them. So when they leave us and they go to someone else and you still love them and they love someone else, the thing that happens here is you keep going back with those patterns of fantasizing and drawing them to you in your mind, in your emotions. It's called unrequited love. You see, we can unlearn loving the same way we learned that. And the first key to this is that whenever That person, in any way, shape, or form, comes into your mind, you just say, stop. Stop. And drive their thoughts right out of your mind. You get a little three-by-five card, and you carry it in your pocket. And every time they come in your mind, like on Monday, you write a, a one. If they come five times, you'll have five little marks there. Until you get down to the day where there's only four marks on a day. And then that person is not being seen in an unloving quality, they're just being seen in a different emotional light. That you see them more clearly as a person, rather than as that that you idolize and that you worship. So you get to be friendly with them, instead of grieving with them, and missing them and feeling lonely.
0: This excerpt, Jerry really introduces this first um, technique. Actually, two techniques, uh, but the first uh, one is stop, and that's whenever they come into your mind, you just say stop and drive the thoughts out of your mind. Uh, it's very effective, um, and it's a it's a good starting point, and it's a easy thing that you can start to do. Um, that just whenever they come in your mind, stop, and then just drive them out of your mind. Uh, there's an addition to that which um, we're going to. Listen to shortly um, that jr adds to this method, uh, but as a starting point, I mean you can just start with that start doing that. the other thing he brought up is tracking tracking how many times they come into your mind just have a little uh, a little f- piece of paper a little card that you can just mm-hmm. track off or you could do it on your phone um, just track how many times they come into into your mind and bringing your awareness I find that tracking is extremely uh, valuable in bringing your awareness to something, and then being able to see the results over time, and so you can track it. And just that process of tracking and using the stop um, can help you to move them into that that different emotional light. Um, so you just start seeing them as a as a regular person. So I'm going to go into the next technique. It's it's an add on to the stop method. So I'm going to roll that for you now.
1: We like to think that we're immune to hurts and that maybe we won't get caught up in the new hurt of a new romance. Maybe this will help you. Every time their thoughts come into your mind, say stop and substitute some pattern that you've already thought ahead of time that is really fine, that's fantastic, that's wonderful, that does not include them. Like a walk at the beach, looking at a beautiful tree, anything. So as soon as you stop and drive that thought out of your mind, immediately pull the new one in that is fresh, invigorating, and pull it to you. And hold that, and then let it go.
0: This method of adding a pattern after you say stop, um, a pattern that doesn't include them, that's pleasant, that's fantastic, that's wonderful is a very easy thing to do uh very effective as well and it's easy to add to the stop method that you're already doing something that i recommend because um it's important to have it planned out ahead of time uh, whatever that is and if it's something that you used to do with them or a place you used to go with them i wouldn't recommend using them or using that because I don't think it's going to be as effective for you if you use something uh, that doesn't include them and hasn't included that person. And maybe it's a a spiritual retreat, um, an animal. uh, It could be that walk on the beach like JR talked about, um, beautiful painting, a poem. Uh, It could be a lot of different things. Um, for you, it could be, be an a ideal scene that you have right now of, of your life or of something um, that you're working on manifesting uh, that's a positive, um, hopeful view of the future. Uh, so that's, that's another thing. And so you bring it in, you do the stop, you bring in, you drive them out of your mind, bring in this new image, and then let it go. Um, and so something I also all use uh, is just, I'll tell myself next, you know, or moving on. Um, I'll, I'll tell, I'll, sometimes I've done this like literally out loud. I'll tell myself, okay, okay, moving on. And, you know, stop, drive them out. Okay, now it's time to move on, Nat. Um, and so talking to yourself like that can help too, just to remind yourself, you know, we can move on. We We don't have to hold the thoughts now. Um, and then move on to something else, Uh, get busy doing something else, or focusing elsewhere. Uh, So that's, um, we're gonna add, we're gonna actually use something similar to this in this next technique, Uh, but that really covers um, the different pieces of that stop technique. So uh, very effective, easy to do, set it up, use it, and um, it can really help start shifting the energy inside of you with them. So here you go, here's the next excerpt.
1: Now, there's added technique, it's called exhaust the response. Remember I did a seminar a long time ago on aversion therapy? The old rubber band, boom. You can add that onto this too. But sit down at least 15 times during the day. Bring the picture of that person into your mind. Think about them consciously. Bring them into your mind, see them, Derive them out of your mind and substitute the new picture of fulfillment where you have a better self-image of your own beingness. That you are capable, that you have the capacity to be loving and to find love in somebody that will respect you and be with you. Probably two weeks before you start to see the results.
0: So adding this exhaust the response method and doing that 15 times a day, um, it's similar to the stop method except for now you're rather than when they come into your mind, you're saying stop and, and substituting the image. Now you're consciously bringing them into your mind. So you're training your mind and strengthening your mind and your focus so that you are the one who has dominion over your mind and over your focus Um, And so you bring them into the mind, uh, you think about them, drive them out and substitute that image of fulfillment. How JR talked about that image of fulfillment, where you have a better self image of your own beingness, uh, that you're capable, that you have the capacity to be loving and find love and someone that will respect you and be with you. and he even said, you know, you really do that for two weeks and and you are out of that pattern generally. So that's something that uh, can be really beneficial and, and really work that. Now, having that better self image uh, that um, to me, what he's talking about is that vision where of a, a relationship of um, a relationship with yourself, where you are goodness and you're seeing your goodness um, and a relationship uh, where you are capable of loving and and having someone who respects and loves with you. Uh, And something that I find valuable in creating that image for myself ahead of time uh, is by doing an ideal scene um, and an ideal scene for like what an ideal relationship is and you know what that would look like. And so you have that vision Um, inside and you have and part of that is really having that vision of who you are in relationship and relationship to yourself to your friends to others to your family and and in a romantic relationship so that's something having that positive self-image is something that if you have it in some way whether an ideal scene or written out in some other way uh, where you've really you know vetted it and use the words and have that image uh, more clear, then when you do this technique and you, you bring them in and then you drive them out and then you have that image set up already. Um, and It's something you can also use in the stop method. Uh, so that's that can be a, a very powerful tool for you. Um, let's go into the next part. We're going to start getting in uh, to, to more of the clearing um, and clearing the physiological nature, clearing the person, clearing them out of out of the physiological aspects, where you're storing them inside of you, in tension in the body, um, where you're experiencing this broken heart, uh, this hurt, um, and maybe rejection or whatever all those feelings that you're feeling uh, while you're going through a breakup, this is a, an opportunity, Um, to work in a different way, in a more physiological way, to clearing them from your system. Uh, So I'm going to play that now.
1: How many of you here, after six months, still feel like you're hung up on somebody? Okay. How many here, after three months, still feel like you're hung up on somebody? That includes you who raised your hand to six. (laughs) How many of you after a month are still hung up on somebody? Two weeks, and you can be on your way out of that pattern. The thing of it is, see, they come in when you're alone by yourself with idle thoughts. At night, by yourself, you roll over and there's nobody there, too bad. Life gets like that at times. (laughs) Fantasy doesn't work too well but neither does grieving about that loved one who's not there work too well. What it does is it makes you tense and tight inside. And so you start identifying your tight, tense muscles with thoughts concerning that person and the emotional feelings dealing with them. So the second key here is you have to get to a deep state of relaxation with your body. And the way you do that is you take the leg and you just tighten all of it, stretch it out and tighten it, hold it for a minute or two, and then release it. Then the right leg, the left arm, the right arm, the stomach, the back, the neck, the head, the face. And with the face, you also stick your tongue out and stretch the mouth. And so when you relax that, you'll find out that you still have tight, tense muscles. Those are the ones that are conveying to you the message of unrequited love. It's not the ones that just seem to be. They're riding on top of stress, and let's call it distress at that. So then you go back and repeat the tightening of the leg, the left leg, the right leg. It could be right leg and left leg. The arms, the stomach, the back, neck, head, face, and release them again. And you'll find out that you start getting below that tension that you have grown accustomed to that feels normal to you, that is carrying messages of unrequited love. It's in there. Now, see, the way you can prove this is how many times out of clear blue sky the person comes into your mind and you feel a tense place in your stomach or your back. Or you start to feel tension in your back and you wonder, what's that? And in comes the person's face. See, we carry people inside of us and stored up energy fields. We've stored up childhood incidents, mothers, fathers. A lot of times, and very few people know this, we store up our lovers inside of us. And when we get out of these affairs, we should get out of these affairs. Far too often we don't get out of it, and we carry over to the next person. And then we start treating that second person like we treated the first person because all the muscle responses, the nerves, etc., are reading the same message. And so we start treating them the same way, so we end up divorcing them. Then we go to a third one, and we just keep running down the line. What happens, we start looking for exactly that same person Who is subconsciously and in our muscle system telling us, I caused you distress. And so we find another woman or another man that's just like the one we left. Have you ever seen a person who marries somebody, divorces and marries a second person? That's just like the first one. You say, boy, do they have the same thing in common. And this person's got structure that's running him around or her around looking for that. Crazy, sure. Then they say, Why? Why am I doing this? And it's like, settle down. And they say, I can't. I'm too nervous. And yet, the key is, come to that place where you calm yourself. It's a calming effect where you actually go inside of your mind and set up a place that is calm, that's peaceful, that's quiet. I think the Inner Calm Meditation Seminar or Portable Paradise could instruct you on that if you need to look at it. So we get a chance to go into that place often. Actually, after you learn to relax, which may take 20 minutes the first time, by continuing the repetition, you can learn to relax in two minutes. So you can put your body on notice that when you say a key word like relax now, it just starts relaxing. That relaxation fights with the anxiety you've been carrying. Anxiety and relaxation can't hold the same place. If you don't relax, the anxiety will win and keep running you. It just runs. And then you say, my emotions are running me. It's like, sure. Anxiety can't occupy the same place as pleasant thoughts.
0: In this excerpt, JR really covers um, some in-depth things. I'm sure there are those of you out there uh, that can really resonate with what he's talking about. And even if you're not in a breakup, maybe you're with someone else already. Uh, but you still notice um, that you haven't let go of previous relationship or relationships. Um, and this can even apply going back to childhood, to parents and those kind of things where you're setting up these physiological responses inside where you start attracting the same thing over and over uh, that um, that you've in a way that's been programmed in and and some of you probably have this anxiety that comes up and so this really just the idea that anxiety can't uh stay in a relaxed state you know they're opposite so if you can bring that relaxation if you can train yourself if you can train your body into that relaxation and going into that relaxed place You may have to do it consistently over and over until you get to that place where you have that keyword, such as relax, like Jair said. And so, one thing I'd recommend is if you're doing a meditation, he mentioned the inner calm meditation that he does, um, and that's available to you. It's a great meditation. Um, You can get that on msia.org and. JR has that and there's other ways that you can move your other meditations that you can create that uh, place in your imagination uh, where it's calming, it's soothing, it's relaxing, and you can bring that relaxation into your body where you find the tensions. And in a way, there's that scientific approach where he's like, you know, you go through the body, you relax all the different aspects of the body, and where you still feel the tension um, you can ask that, you can look at it, and that person may be stored in there or um, behavior patterns with that person may be stored in, in that area. And so moving yourself into that relaxed place um, is a great way to start training where you feel the tensions. And often when we have that, that heartache, um, we can feel it in the heart. It can feel like a vice grip around the heart. And to learn to bring that relaxation in uh, to those areas that are, are tense, that are tense caused by the emotional pain, the emotional disturbance, or by things that happened in the relationship or in previous relationships. So the whole point is to start letting go and really um, clearing out your lovers that you've had in those relationships that you've had in your body. So you're not attracting the same thing over and over. This is seems to be the story of humanity in a way of how we tend to do this until we're able to clear those things. Another effective tool as part of clearing the physiological tensions um, is that is to give that place a voice Uh, where that tension is like if that the question is if that could speak if that tension that place could speak what would it say let it um speak speak in your mind or you can even do it out loud from that place as if you are that tension Um, and so you allow it the space to have whatever it is telling you and then you can respond to it maybe you have your hand on it You respond to it with an understanding and a compassion like a loving parent would do. That's another way I find is helpful to clear these um, physiological tensions. And then the first step that I talked about, which is just imagining the light going into it. Imagine the light dissolving it. Uh, So you can mix these tools together too and bring that first one into into this uh, technique, the seventh technique that we're going through here um, of clearing those physiological tensions. So this is something that can actually be really helpful, even if you're not going through a breakup, um, just to clear some of those old patterns, those old lovers, those old uh, places of tension in the body. And for this next one, I'm going to use something outside of this seminar. It's called the covering This is something that I found extremely helpful in so many ways, but also in dealing with um, breakups and broken hearts and those kind of things. I think it's a great tool. Uh, Now, JR uses um, uh, Jesus in this and that framework. Uh, If that's not something that resonates, I know some of you listening, uh, that that's something that doesn't resonate with you. In that wording uh, you can take that wording out when you're using it i think it will still be a very valuable tool and for those of you who resonate with the christ um, you can use this you know in its entirety but i find this there's a lot of power um, a lot of power in this and especially for those when you're going through a breakup the part at the end uh, just about covering it with the goodness of the of people, no matter what they say or think or do, um, this idea of covering whatever all this is with that goodness, to me is is extremely powerful. So let me play that for you now.
3: This information is mystical, metaphysical, and mixed in with common sense and living your life. So the reading of this is not to gain an understanding of what do these words mean. As much as it is to gather the understanding that God is in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven is inside of you and therefore you only need to petition the heart of your kingdom to know what it is you want to do in your life. I cover it with the Spirit of God. I cover it with loving. I cover it with willing to do. I cover it with living now. I cover it with caring for people now. I cover it by telling truthfully, honestly, how I feel. I cover it with the blood of Jesus. I cover it with His resurrection. I cover it with His redemption. I cover it with everything He did, I do also and maybe even greater. I cover it with good people around me, no matter what they say or think or do. I cover it with knowing they are good people. I cover it all with my goodness inside of me, and I bring that forward consistently.
0: So as you can see this covering, you can uh, rewind and and write down and use whatever parts of this uh, work for you or or all of it in its entirety. Maybe there's just a little piece that um, that you can memorize that you can use throughout your day, especially if you're in a situation that is there's a lot of animosity and possibly fighting or uh, lawyers or any of that kind of stuff where it can, it can be pretty hurtful and difficult and, um, and really unpleasant, uh, to go through that kind of situation and to be able to remind yourself, you know, I'm covering all of this, whatever is going on with, uh, their goodness. And, um, that no matter what they say or think or do, you know, knowing that, and, and that that is something that, uh, I, I think is, is extremely powerful when, when going through this breakup and, and can also bring that loving. You can use this with the physical tension part too by just putting your hand on that physical tension, that last technique where we're clearing these things out and doing the covering, listening to the covering in this episode or um, doing the covering yourself by just writing it out and reading it. Uh, these things can all be very effective. Um, and that's, that's a separate from the seminar that we're going through. It's a separate seminar from John Rogers. I find it very valuable. Um, so let's go on. We're going to go back into the techniques in this seminar and these excerpts. So the next one, we're going to start looking at uh, jealousy and the jealous response.
1: Anxiety can't occupy the same place as assertiveness. It can't occupy the same place as a positive self-image. It occupies a space that you've given up to it. And its sister is jealousy. And jealousy never gets you what you want. It makes you hateful, spiteful. Remember Scarlet? Gone with the wind? You terrible, spiteful, hateful person. It was she that was that. Jealousy was her her middle name. Wanted everything but what she had. So we have to realize that jealousy makes us spiteful and it also makes us incapable of loving and we're an unloving person and we really get down to the dregs of life and try to make that valuable by being jealous and remember the old green-eyed monster of jealousy that was depicted to us in words they're green-eyed with jealousy yeah the adrenaline goes into the bloodstream much more than usual it changes the color of the eyes it means you're tense pretty soon you're going to be exhausted just overusing the adrenal glands then you're under medical care and who knows maybe psychiatric psychological not that that's bad when they're there to be used that's fantastic but we don't have to abuse them by us not taking care of ourselves when we know how to do that and being responsible for our own life pattern here are a few more things to assist you on that and this is like a gradation effect the things that you see in your mind that you and that person are doing that if somebody else were to do those, would make you jealous. You put a number on, like 40, like zero would be no jealousy. I'm in the calm, peaceful jungle by myself. It's wonderful. To 100%, which is the other side says, they're having sex with so-and-so, my best friend. <laughs> zero and 100. And in between there's some places like, that one ticks me off a little bit. If they talk to my best girlfriend, that tick me off, that's a 30. If they had to uh, spend an hour with my best friend, that'd be a 56. They'll make them like a 60. And if they spent one hour unaccountable in their apartment together, that'd be an 80. <laughs> <laughs> so you can like set these up. So when something comes in and that jealous thought and that anxiousness comes in, instead of saying, I really am ticked off and angry because so-and-so, you can just say, I'm having a 50. <laughs> that stops you from negatively reinforcing it in your head, again, by repeating those words back to yourself. Or, I'm up to a (laughs) hundred! Now, here's how that works. You go into the calming place, relax yourself, and you start going up that scale that you've written. You've written these out, the ones that really irritate you, and you think, okay, I'm relaxed now, and I'm in a beautiful place that has no anxiety, no tension. I'm calm, muscles are relaxed. God is in heaven. <laughs> Boy, what are you doing up there? Get down here and help. <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs>
1: and then you go up to try 10. Talk to my best friend, you think. that didn't do much. I'll try 20. Talk to my best friend and went out to dinner with my best friend. <laughs> oh, then up back down to 10 because 20 now you're starting to in your calm state get irritated, and you'll start locking it into that calm place. So you back off. You drop the 20 and come back to the 10. Get relaxed, get real calm again, real peaceful. Do the 10, that's a cinch, go to the 20. Ah, pretty good. Go towards the 30. If it doesn't work, drop back down to the 20, go into the calm place, relax, fortify yourself, until you can go all the way up to 100. Do you get it? That changes the neurological, physiological, muscle responses and you come out of that and you say, Lord, why didn't somebody teach this to me sooner? Well, you're learning it now. Do it now. Then, it doesn't matter what type of relationship you have, you won't have fear of that because you know how to ride on the top of it. And you don't have to worry about being devastated because now you've prepared yourself. They walk away. You say, relax. You go to the relaxed state and say, there they go. It's peaceful, calm. <laughs> Here comes a new one.
0: <laughs> so this is a great technique uh, for anyone, even if you're in a relationship, uh, anyone who's dealing with jealousy um, or your mind can go off into things of jealousy uh, to move that neurological, physiological response. Um, as you can see, a lot of these techniques, they're just retraining Our responses uh, to what's going on and taking dominion over our own consciousness instead of continuously giving away the power to them and what they're doing and all of that. So this technique is really about putting together that scale of, you know, 10 to 100 or 0 to 100. Um, And at least every 10, you write down like what that would be, what like what would get you to that place where that hundred is just you're completely freaking out, overcome by this jealousy um, at a very intense, intense level. And to just start moving up. And again, you're using that relaxed place, that beautiful place that that we started out with in in the stop method um, and that we also worked with, you know, A a different one of those and possibly it's the same for you um, when we're clearing the physiological tensions and all of that so you want to drop into that that place and then slowly go up the scale until where you start getting that tension Um, and then you drop back you drop away from it reestablish that calmness and slowly move up and slowly train yourself where you can be relaxed um, regardless of what you're seeing and so that, that I think is an extremely valuable tool for jealousy in general. Uh, and, and also, especially, I'm sure we've all gone through that with, um, with breakups and with lovers and things like that, where now you're no longer with them. And then you start imagining things and, and this can be a, a great way to bring that calmness back in that dominion over your consciousness. So you don't spin out quite as much. Uh, and so, another valuable tool here. Uh, Let's go on to the next one, which we're going to discuss clearing the consciousness and maturing the emotions.
1: Those are just very easy to do. Any of us can fall to the bottom very easy. A thing comes on is called, I just don't give a good damn. Kill me. And it's a very hard thing to get out of once we have declared that we said, kill me. And I give you power to do that. It's a very hard thing to get that back. We should never give any power over to anybody. We always maintain it, but we always listen for advice and guidance. We never give somebody control of our life nor tell them, kill my life or take it when you want to. Even a very subtle statement of that, like, honey, you decide, is kill me on some level where it's like, honey, you decide and then let's see if I can go along with it is communication and consensus building. As long as the thoughts came up, then what happened is you have the emotional of retention of the negativity. Then you have to mature the emotion. We can digress ourselves back. I think I did a tape on this, where you go back and you look and you take yourself back there and you start to fill it with light. and. (laughs) Well, what you have to do is you do it till it lets go. Um, There are a lot of tricky techniques to use in the imagination and the mind that fool the emotions because they're often, the emotions are based upon a lot of fantasy. And um, a person who's doing emotions and fantasy, you can't really detect their fantasy from what really happened because inside them it's recorded in the same place. So when they tell it to you, that's why you can't tell a pathological liar or somebody who really feels what they believe and said is true, you can't pick it up on a lie detector because it's recorded as so in the same place. So you treat that as though it did happen. And uh, you go back inside. One thing is you, you apologize to yourself for carrying it so far. You forgive yourself for negativity with it. Like, I really forgive myself for negativity with it. And then you ask yourself for permission to open that for clearing. Like, I ask, I want permission to open this and clear it. And you drop back and say, I want to have this shown to me not to reconstruct I want to have this shown to me in a way such as that I may clear the emotion from it and gain the wisdom of the experience but not be embedded down with emotional negativity sometimes you get a blank so you start over again like I'm sorry I did this to me I forgive myself I want permission to go in to this level I want it cleared it may say don't ask for level seven years old it really happened also when you were five you go, whoa, okay, I want five. Five clears and six and seven fall over like dominoes. And then you just feel them clicking in through different things through your life. And you get up here and you go, God, that happened in about 15 seconds. That whole thing lifted off a whole area. And it's remarkable how it can happen. It's called the core belief system. Not necessarily the core truth system because the truth will always set us free, but beliefs don't necessarily. Now, the beliefs change to action can moving on them physically. Going back in your mind is in a way moving on it physically because you're gonna to try to find where in your body is that repository stored and you can ask yourself can you indicate to me to my body where you are located and you may feel a pain in stomach You go whoa I wonder if that's it. Don't even question just take it that that's it. If it isn't you haven't lost anything if it is you're on it and so you ask it to clear Sometimes, if the action has been done with another person and we must make amends, then we've got
3: to go to the other person. Uh,
0: so, this is a really powerful technique that JR brings forward here. I actually, um, this is a different seminar than the Mending a Broken Heart seminar. The seminar is called Cutting Materialistic Attachments and Opening Your Spirit. The reason I brought it into this podcast is I think it's a valuable technique uh, for clearing uh, these patterns from our consciousness, from our bodies. Um, And that, you know, as JR put it, there's these four steps to it. And that's to apologize to yourself for carrying it so far. So I apologize for carrying this so far. Um, And then forgive yourself for the negativity with it. I forgive myself for that negativity with it and then ask permission to open it and clear it. I ask permission to open this and clear it. Um, I want to have this shown to me in a way such that I can clear the emotion from it and gain the wisdom of the experience, but not be embedded down with the emotional negativity. I want it cleared. I let that go. I disconnect from that. Um, And so, and then seeing what, what is shown to you, seeing where, you know the images that are shown to you. And one of the key things in a lot of clearing is that often seeing it clearly can clear it on its own. It's, it's not like you have to do other things. Sometimes just seeing the pattern, that awareness alone uh, can clear it from your consciousness. Um, and something I like to do after that let's go is to ask for the light. Um, to ask for the light to heal, to fill the area where that was, uh, to seal it and protect it for the highest good. I like to add that at the end of clearing, this type of clearing. Uh, So this is a technique that that I brought forward for this that is helpful in life generally, but also um, especially when you're going through and, and letting go of these patterns that may be coming up as you Release this relationship. So I'm going to uh, go into the the eleventh technique. We're more than halfway through now. The eleventh technique here um, is spiritual exercises. Uh, that's something that I use that is I find valuable, and the the reason I find it valuable is it allows me to get above the fields of karma, uh, which in The words of Rumi is is where there's no right-doing or wrong-doing, where you get get above that field of cause and effect. Um, You get above the emotions. You get above the mind and the mentalizing. uh, And you can move your your consciousness just to that um, pure state of awareness and that loving energy field, that loving experience. Uh, that naturally, that natural loving experience that happens as you move your consciousness from that. And I talk about spiritual exercises and give a guide to that in episode 20 of this podcast if you want more information about that. Um, But that's a technique I highly recommend. Another technique that I find is extremely valuable is intentional free-form writing. Um, It's free-form writing as a technique, and I'll put something uh, on my website, transcend.online, attached to this podcast in this section uh, that gives you reference to how to do free-form writing. I've talked about it before in this podcast, um, but it's a very effective tool. Uh, primarily, and I still recommend you look at the step by step on this. You, you ask for the light, light to fill, surround, and protect you, only that which is for the highest good to come forward and be released into the light and, and taken and cleared. Um, so you call on the light for the highest good, and that highest good is important. And then you sit down, you write uh, whatever comes into your mind, you just write that down. Um, You're not it's not that kind of writing that uh, is like a passive thing where you're letting the pen write or anything like that. You have control all the time, um, but you are writing down anything that comes into your mind. And and no matter what it is, it doesn't have to even make any sense to you. You're just writing that down. At the end, you do not read back um, because the whole point is you're dumping this out of your consciousness. Uh, So you're clearing it. You're letting it go. So you do not read it. Read it again. Um, you rip it up and you burn the paper and then you move on to something else uh, th- and get your mind out and focused on something other than that. And it's a it's a technique to clear. Um, I call this one intentional freeform writing because I uh, I like to put, you know, something as like I'll, I'll put if I'm experiencing such as, something such as grief in the relationship then my intention is just to freeform on grief. And that's just, I put that in the form of a prayer, usually when I'm calling in the light, um, you know, just, I ask that anything that can be cleared around this relationship, around the grief I'm feeling for the highest good. And then again, once I put that intention forward, I go into the freeform writing process. I'm not trying to like, have it make sense to that theme, I write whatever comes into my mind. It could be about a car show or some or a boat show. It, it may have nothing to do with grief uh, consciously, because you're really clearing things out of this, uh, the unconscious a lot in this process of freeform writing. So I set that intention in form of a prayer at first for the highest good, and then I just freeform write with whatever's coming forward. Uh, so that's something I find I have found very valuable in these type of situations. Um, So we're going to go back now into the uh, Mending a Broken Heart excerpts and techniques from JR um, and look at this idea of silent ridicule.
1: Sometimes, though, when you really love a person, this stopping the thinking and driving them from your mind just doesn't seem to work because any type of thinking brings it back. So you have to add a second part to this. It's called make them look ridiculous in your mind. (laughs) If you've loved a person, you've been around them enough, you know exactly the thing that is their foible. So when they come into your mind, you immediately see them in that foible, that terribly ridiculous place. It's silent, however. You don't tell anybody. And then you push them away. And then when they come in again, pretty soon they start having this funny image with them. When they come in, still feeling the anxiety and the tension, you start to feel the humor. Now, right here is where you have to watch because you think that humor means it's loving again. It's not. They're still going down the road after somebody else. Don't be a fool. As soon as they think that you no longer love them, they'll make a fast U-turn and come whip them back to stir up interest. Just tell them there's no U-turn where you live. And keep them going down the road. These people are masters at that. Automatically, they have learned how to do this because they were taught by someone else. And we pass this type of heartbreak melodrama onto other people. Of course, it makes us reluctant to go into a loving relationship because look what happened to us in terms of all the past relationships. We've been hurt. We've been abused. We've been misused. But only because you allowed it. So getting out of that love affair is valuable to you because while you're in that state, you're unloving, you're unproductive, you're physically paralyzed, and you're nonproductive to anyone around you, let alone yourself. And your own feelings of self-esteem become very, very hard to deal with because they hit rock bottom. If you can hit rock bottom and say, that's fine, I know what this looks like, you've still kept your self-esteem inside of you and you've done it just as an experiment of life rather than as a victim of life or as a tragedy, or an accident waiting to happen. I'd practice this silent ridicule three to five times a day. Three to five, I'd probably say five if it's really hard on you. You see, it isn't logical, but then a love affair never has been. But if you look at how you build up loving someone all we're doing is taking that process and reversing it, reversing the very process to go right back out of it again. Miss a step, and it'll come around and hit you in the head, called law of reversibility. We're all pretty familiar with that one.
0: So in this excerpt, Jar gives us another technique. Uh, and that technique is that of silent ridicule, making them look ridiculous in your mind. This is a very simple, and he said to do it three to five times a day. It's a simple technique, uh, but it can, it can really change how you see them, how you hold them inside of yourself. Um, some of you may, may go, well, that seems kind of mean. Yeah, it is kind of mean um, if you were to do it outside of you, but really you're looking at shifting from viewing them in that really loving, intimate way and to be able to cut the cords, so to, to do this silent ridicule inside of you, um, not outside of you, but inside of you, so that you, with the intention of shifting how you see them, and it's not choosing the foible that you found is cute in the relationship, it's finding uh, those things that you would find annoying, and you can even make them uh, more so than they really are in order with the intention of shifting this inside of you where you make them look even more ridiculous inside of you you're changing how that you hold them inside of you and so let's go on to the next excerpt about self-esteem
1: what you want to do is build a positive image for yourself when you see them in a ridiculous state Turn immediately and see the things that you've done that have been positive. Like, I made my bed this morning. I washed dishes today. I said hello to the landlady. A positive thing that you've done and keep track of them. Write them down. Because you'll forget them. And when a situation comes up that's demeaning to you and you feel debilitated by the emotions that suck on your consciousness and your energy, will out your little book and you can see the things you've done. You wrote them when you were doing them. Rereading them fortifies you again of the positiveness of who you are the same way that you read how that person loved you fortified the positiveness of who you are. But now you're loving yourself and you're getting your own approval and respect out of yourself by doing things that bring self-approval and respect. How are you going to have a positive attitude unless you do positive things? People say, oh, if I just had a better positive attitude it's like, that's a miserable one to start with. <laughs> so you tell them, stand up and do something positive. Feel good in spite of your negativity. They say, well, that's not being honest. Your honesty's got you in this pit. You're going to wait till you feel good before you get out? You'll never get out. Get an image of fulfillment. It's the thing is like, I want more money. Well, then do you see yourself broke or do you see more money? Well, I'll see more money. Well, that's not being honest because you're broke. It's like, I know, but that's how I'll get the money. That's right. And so it works the other way too. You want happiness? See yourself in happiness. And positively envision, image in, positive behavior. If you envision negative behavior, guess what you're going to get? Positive behavior. No. (laughs) No. Actually, if you envision in enough negative behavior, you exhaust it. And the only thing left is to be positive. It's a long way around. Long way around. Eight million and four hundred thousand wanks. You see, changing the self-image means thinking more positively about yourself. That's all it means. It doesn't mean a new wardrobe unless that also conveys a new positive self-image about yourself. But you know, in spite of this, we always come to that one place where we even feel like God has forsaken us. We feel like spirit's down on us, and is there any value left in life? Is there going to be anything worthwhile? It seems like we always end up with that statement, like alone again, naturally. And what we've done there is we run an ego trip that we're somebody separate than spirit and God, which is part of the big illusion we run. We're not separate. We are not away. We are part of that.
0: There's some really great things to remember that Jer touched on in that excerpt Um, and just this idea that you know you if you you don't want to wait you don't wait for the happiness to come to get out of your negativity Um, you start envisioning that wherever you are even if you're in the negativity uh, in spite of the negativity you know you start putting that positive Um, image of yourself and that image of you being happy you know and if you want happiness make sure that you're part of that image of happiness that that imagining starts that positive behavior and if you want to feel good you do good things Uh, it's pretty simple and yet you know this is something that we can really use at a time like when you're going through Something like a breakup, like a heartbreak, um, that to to add that into as another technique, another tool to building that positive self-image of yourself, where you actually write down every little thing that you do uh, that is positive, that is good about what you're doing, um, and so that when you start feeling down, you can reference back to the you know the things that you have done today that are good um and start reinforcing that so that's the the technique um the 14th technique that i have written down here i believe it's number 14 for us and that is to write down the good things you do and then if you need to reference it because you uh drop down in your emotions um that that's a positive that you use this and you start looking at what you did that's good Uh, because it really is about that bringing more of that goodness and recognizing that you are one with the divine or that you are one with the goodness um, and that you are doing that and you are acting on that and to start seeing yourself doing that and even if you're um, having difficulty and having trouble just keeping that positive attitude or doing anything that's good um, to really start imagining yourself doing those good things, imagining yourself happy and in that happiness. Um, and this also can fit in with the images that we created earlier with the, having that ideal scene and that imagination of the goodness and the happiness and the relaxation wherever you are. Uh, so let's move on to the next tool.
1: The thing that's often bad is that they left first and it wounded my pride. If I could have left first, that would have been better. I'll tell you something about the person that leaves first. Well, first of all, let me tell you about the person who stays. (laughs) The person who stays has that bed you both slept in, that couch you both sit on, that table you both ate at, The picture's on the wall, the same toilet. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? You're going to be haunted by the spirit of the living together in that place. The one who goes immediately is going to be new, strange, unusual territory with the freshness of adventure and curiosity. (laughs) They're not going to miss you back there with all that mess they walked out of. So it becomes obvious, doesn't it? move (laughs) sell it, get rid of it burn it, dump it you might say, it's too valuable is it worth, dollars wise what it's doing to you psychologically where you may never be able to give that loving heart to someone else and to open up the relationship with someone else it's not worth it, and that attachment to the material worlds will bring you back here again and again and again burn it Give it away. Give it to goodwill. Get rid of it. Whatever it takes to get it away from you. Yes, and go get a different wardrobe. Sure, he said, I love you in that blue dress. Get rid of it. Go get a purple one. Okay, light pink. Don't tie yourself to that person's future. Instead of going down past their apartment to see if they still are there, Turn one street ahead of time and don't go. It'll make you feel good because you're saying, I didn't give in. Use that stubbornness that stopped you from participating in life to determination to participate the way you want to to your advantage, not to your disadvantage. And yet, don't we do that?
0: God bless the one in the relationship who stays behind with all those things that were shared and that have that shared energy field with them and that have that, um, that can trigger those things in the mind uh, and in the memory of those shared items, the shared bed, all of the things that uh, can be there when, when you're the one who is left behind. So, it does become one of those things where move it around uh, get rid of things sell it burn it move it um, and to to really like look at that in a way so that the that you're not suffering because of the materiality because of the things in the home Um, sometimes it requires moving out of that home altogether um, sometimes it, can, it depends on you, on how you've related to it, on that inner thing. But if you find that these things are keeping you caught in that emotional cycle, in that, um, that memory cycle, in the longing, in the, you know, the difficulty with those things, then get rid of them or move them, change them. And the other thing to do is ask for a blessing of light and to see that light going into all these items um, and all the things that do remain uh, and light to those areas of your consciousness uh, that may be triggered by them or have an opening uh, to that relationship within your consciousness Um, and just place a light, a light of blessing, a light of clearing the energy fields um, into all these things, into the home And you can see a light column. You can uh, imagine a light column from the highest uh, heavens through your home, through your place, um, down into the core of the earth. And just asking that that take place uh, from the higher light, from God, and just to remove any negativity and bring greater blessings and abundance um, and fulfillment and peace. And so sometimes that can help also shift the energy and shift it within your consciousness and shift how you're seeing it. Uh, So that's another part of that tool. And let's move on to the next one.
1: See, one of our things is we say, well, I wonder if I'm over them. So you go back into all the mirror details of the life and find out you're not over them. Because we have residuals left in us from everybody we've contacted. And so we then fight to get away from that draining action, and then we feel bad because we're not over them yet. We're not through with them yet. What we're really saying is, I don't want them to have my power. I'm going to get it back. The way you get it back is not to go into a situation where it's going to be taken from you. And every time you give over to that response, am I really over that? It's the same as like, have I really stopped smoking? I'll smoke a cigarette to see. You must continually, every day, keep making the right decision. You can't just say, well, I'll take this one aspirin and clear up all my headaches from now on. You have to take one each time the new headache appears. Get the idea? You have to keep making the decision over and over and over and over again to your advantage. You can't say, well, I decided once. Why didn't it last? Because it didn't. Why? Don't ask dumb questions. It didn't. What do you do now? I reassert. The positive direction. I reassert my affirmation of who I am. I am a loving, upright, trustworthy, courageous person. Remember the Boy Scout creed? Hey, it was no joke. That gave youngsters the words of what life could be, except there were very few people around who could exemplify them as a dynamic image for them. So he said, What does the upright mean? I mean, who's upright? What does that mean? We have to get words in our mind of people that demonstrate that ability to us in an ongoing conscious direction daily. Not somebody who fills up and says, I can do it, and the next day they're down and say, I can't do it. But one who says, I'll do it, and when it goes down, they say, I'm still doing it, because I said I would do it. That type of assertion allows you to get the best out of any occasion without offending someone else. You're no longer at the mercy of your own negligence which is what it boils down to.
0: So we have so many different variations and tools and techniques that we're presenting here. And a lot of the underlying focus is that of um, letting go of, putting a stop to those things which are no longer on purpose for us and focusing on the good things, the good things about us, good visions, Um, good envisioning, uh, using all these different tools. So we're moving our focus into a more positive direction. So research the positive direction daily. And that's our 16th tool. Um, And it's an affirmation. He used an affirmation. And it's an affirmation of who you are. Uh, And it includes those core Underlying qualities or principles for you in your life um, and creating that intention uh, Creating that statement that resonates with the truth of the highest part of you the truth of the the authentic self uh, the truth of your soul um, And the truth of that positive image of you in that positive direction so Creating that affirmation and reasserting that every day as your positive direction, your positive affirmation daily, um, and keeping that as your focus is another one of those tools and techniques uh, that, you can, that you can use here. Um, I'm going to add a few that aren't in what we're playing here. Uh, so, one of them that, ha- that I find very helpful uh, is disconnecting statements. This is something you can do in your journaling. Uh, you can do it out loud too. I find it valuable to, to write them out. And the idea is that you're not taking it to be personal, whatever you're doing. Um, and you're not taking it to be your, responsible, your responsibility to fix. Uh, or to be involved in in some way so as an as an example um, i'm not responsible how whoever your ex-partner is um, i'm not responsible for how they see me i'm not responsible uh, for what they do i'm not responsible for what they're saying about me i don't have to correct people or try to get people to like me. I don't have to correct uh, what they're saying. I don't have to defend the choices that I'm making for me. I don't have to explain myself to anyone. I don't have to be involved in their view of reality. I'm not responsible for how they see me. I'm not responsible for how they see this relationship. Um, So using these statements, I am not responsible for, and I don't have to, um, to really give your, to honor yourself in that process of disconnecting from an over-responsibility, which is natural when you've, especially when you've lived together, when you have shared a lot of responsibilities, when you've shared that karma with someone, um, when you've been together in a lot of things, um, to really disconnect. And, and if there's um, people out there who, if there, it becomes a situation where people are taking sides, um, you're not responsible for what other people think about you. Um, and to remind yourself of what you're not responsible for and what you don't have to uh, do. And those disconnecting statements, I find, can be very valuable. So the next is gratitude statements. It's gratitude for what you have. Uh, and that is, I am grateful for um, what you have in your life. And it's also something that can assist. You know, we talked earlier about uh, that jealousy process. Um, and in that in that excerpt that I played earlier about jealousy, um, when we were looking at all that, you know, it was about the, Um, jealousy can never give you what you want. Uh, You want everything um, but what you have or you want something that you don't feel that you have and it can make us spiteful and not capable of loving. Um, So one of the things that we can do is to start having the great gratitude statements um, for what we do have. And that's something that also serves as another form of positive focus so I'm grateful for and then whatever it is you're grateful for and I do that at least once a day is do at least one gratitude statement each day I that's definitely part of my daily morning practice is to write out a gratitude statement a sentence where I am grateful for and then write what that is The next tool I recommend is forgiveness statements. Forgiveness can be such a powerful part of this process. Identifying um, limiting beliefs, uh, judgments, what you are taking or what you took things to mean about you in the relationship or in the breakup or the fact that you are breaking up or that they left you. Um, The shoulds that you have. Or have had on your partner or yourself in the situation, in the current situation of the breakup, how they should be acting towards you, uh, anything of that nature, um, to identify what that is, and then to move into a place inside where you have, where you can bring forward that compassion, that loving in your heart, and that compassion for yourself and for others. and do the forgiveness statement. I forgive myself for judging, you know, whatever it is you judge. I forgive myself um, for buying into this limiting belief and whatever that is, whatever those ideas are that um, are limiting beliefs for you. Uh, forgiving any of those things that, that would be the shoulds and then doing... Um, doing that forgiveness and then having a a compassionate and the truth is statement. So I forgive myself for judging whatever it is you judged about the other person. And the truth is, and here you want to look at like what is a higher truth? What is um, a more soul-centered truth? What is a more um, soul or higher perspective truth? And some ways to get to what that might be, if you're having difficulty, is to imagine, you know, that idea of what, what, how would a great spiritual being see this, Um, and for everyone, we all have different uh, people, people in history, people in our lives, who we identify as um, awakened, enlightened, illuminated beings, Um, and so to really, look at through their eyes what the higher truth is in the situation, what the higher truth is about those limiting beliefs, what the, the higher truth is about your shoulds on them or yourself in the situation, um, and to tune into that place of the higher truth. that's within you. And where you get to that place where you know that they're doing the best they know how to do, you're doing the best you know how to do, and you can have a bit more compassion going forward with what they're doing, what you're doing, um, and then let it go to spirit. You know, just let it go in your mind, whatever that judgment, whatever all that is. Just let it go to spirit. I find that to be a a really powerful tool in letting go of of some of the hurt, the pain. Um, and the unresolved energy patterns that we have with these people, and within ourselves, with ourselves as well. Sometimes it comes back to previous relationships, to previous um, people, including parents, and family, and siblings, and things like that, um, can come up as we do the forgiveness, these limiting beliefs, and forgiveness of judgments, um, the shoulds, the um, how you took things to mean what you took them to to mean about you that doesn't necessarily or doesn't just doesn't mean that about you um, so that's another tool for you so let's get into the last tool and if my count is right and i'm going to go through all of these at the very end uh, this one will be the 20th tool uh, that we have that we've that I've presented here to you. And this is for those deep lovers <laughs> who really have a hard time of getting over and, and moving on uh, from that that connection, that intimacy, that, that relationship that you had with that other person where you gave your heart, you gave your loving. Um, and often we also give part of the power of who we are over. And so in claiming that back, here's, here's a uh, very dramatic tool for you.
1: Well, for some of you people who are really deep lovers, there's probably going to be one more task you'll have to do. And it's called, well, let's review. After you've done the thought-stopping, and you become calm, and in the meantime you've found that peaceful place in your imagination, and you do silent ridicule with them, and you do more calming of yourself, and you've dealt with your jealousy because you're asserting yourself and you're doing good things to yourself. After all of that, they still plague you. Rascals. (laughs) This one will stop it. It's called the repulsive one. Well, look. When you've got powerful weapons used against you, you've got to come out with a powerful weapon to neutralize it. And this is powerful weapon time. You think of them in the most disgusting, (laughs) revolting way possible. Now one that just came to mind that I picked up someplace here in this group. (laughs) I won't mention your name, But to think of them holding a dead rat in their mouth with the ooze coming out. (laughs) And you are going to kiss them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or something else just as horrendous. You see how that stops your emotions? Put them in a new light. Well, if that doesn't work, just think of them with cottage cheese all over their face.
2: <laughs>
1: well that's just as bad? Well you can make up one, you know what they are. We've we've all had our experiences with
2: And
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. We've all had our experiences with ugh. <laughs> yeah. That is uh that is a powerful tool to use when you need to use that uh, to change that emotional response inside of you. Um, yeah, it, pretty gross, uh, but effective. Effective in shifting that for you, for those of you who need, who need the big guns. Um, so I'd like to go through now uh, these 20 steps these 20 tools and keys that you can use and you don't have to use uh all of them by any means i mean i'd be surprised if you can use all of them uh, unless this is what you're doing as a full-time job at the moment which you may be because sometimes we are that miserable as we're going through a breakup as we're going through a broken heart Um, but use those ones of these tools that that really work for you and if you really use sometimes even just a couple of these uh, it can really really be effective and have a strong effect in the time that it takes you to move forward with this and with everything there's no timeline for mending a broken heart you know some it may be quick or quicker Some, it can take a really long time. Uh, Some of these situations uh, really go in deep and the hurt can uh, trigger some deep hurts. Sometimes not just from, often not from this relationship, but from past relationships, past experiences uh, from other times. So to work these processes, but you can work those other hurts in many ways through the processes that we've discussed here. So number one is sending the light into the situation and where they are inside of you. Uh, number two is to take responsibility for all that happened and how you created, allowed or promoted whatever happened. Number three is to move, to exercise, uh, to do what you need to do to burn up that energy. Sometimes that's, it's helpful to exercise in nature. Number four Is the stop mechanism using stop whenever that person comes into your mind saying stop and driving those thoughts right out of your mind and then adding to that uh, that method would be to um, substitute a pattern that's really fantastic and fine and wonderful and does not include that other person Uh, this is something you've decided ahead of time uh, like imagining a walk on the beach uh, looking at a beautiful painting Remember having that vision of a a beautiful retreat you were at, not with this person. Maybe it's uh, being with a spiritual teacher, future fantasy, uh, ideal scene. Um, And to stop that thought, to bring that other one in, hold it for a minute, and then let it go. Uh, Or um, another part of this could just be to use next and moving on um, and to use that kind of, wording and attitude towards this process when you find that this person comes into your mind so fifth is to track how many times they come into your mind you track it until it decreases substantially to where you're rarely thinking of them throughout the day Um, and that will give you a way to measure your progress and also it brings your attention to to your progress and to um, the the direction you're moving it's not to see them as unloving, but rather just to see them in a different emotional light where uh, they're just another person and not that uh, close, intimate person that you're idealizing and and worshiping in some way. Um, Number six is to exhaust the response. So that's the one where 15 times a day, you bring them into your mind, you see them, you think about them consciously, you drive them out of your mind, you substitute it with the image of fulfillment of where you have a better self image of your own beingness, that you're capable, that you are have the capacity to be loving and to find love and someone that will respect you and, and be with you. Um, and that can be helpful to have that ideal scene, again, that we talked about in this one. Um, so exhausting the response, uh, it differs from the, st- the stop method, where the stop method is something when they come into your mind. Uh, this one is you're consciously bringing them into your mind and then um, driving them out and substituting with that positive image and um, having more dominion over the whole process of your mind. Uh, number seven is um, to be calm to create that calming nature in the physiological tension uh, where you tense up your body and then you release it and then you look at where the, the tension is still remaining and maybe it's just quite obvious because it's uh, that oppressive feeling on your heart or the nausea in your stomach or the tightness in your stomach where um, the tension is conveying that message of where that unre- uh, unrequited love is being stored within your body um, and so you go back uh, to those tense areas and you relax below the tension um, and you clear them. Um, you clear where they're subconsciously in your mu- muscle system and um, clear them from that that place. Um, so you, you work on coming into that calm environment, that calm place in your imagination. Uh, you can where you can imagine maybe it's that beautiful beach, that beautiful place in nature, where you, um, as you really envision it, as you really experience um, the tactile-like feelings and the, the visuals and, and you allow your body and maybe you have that key word of relax. Uh, maybe you use, Jared talked about his inner calm meditation and you train yourself And you train yourself physiological to be able to relax when you use that keyword to relax. Um, Another aspect of clearing this physiological tension can be just to give those places a voice too, um, so that that tension, you know, if it could speak, what would it say? And then you let it. You speak what it says, and then you respond to it. and kind of a gestalting process, like a loving parent uh, with the understanding of compassion. Uh, also, brought forward the covering as something you can utilize with this. Um, and then, number nine is changing the jealousy response. So, having that scale uh, that every 10 has a different um, level of something that creates a greater and greater amount of jealousy. And disturbance within you, and you go back into that calming place, and you just slowly start working yourself up the scale until you. And back off when it becomes when you get start getting caught in something into the jealousy, and you just keep working on relaxing and moving up that scale until you get to that place where you can be at one hundred, where it it was before something that would just um, drive you crazy into this like. Um, intense jealousy and where you are now just calm when you think about that you're relaxed Um, number 10 is clearing the consciousness and that is clearing that grief and maturing the emotions um, and going back into the age that you know wherever this was and sending the light and clearing it and remember there's the the four steps of that which is to Um, Apologize to yourself for carrying it as far as you have. I apologize for carrying this so far. I'm sorry for carrying this. Um, And then the next one is to forgive yourself for the negativity. I forgive myself for the negativity with this. Um, The next one is to ask for permission to open it and clear it. So it's I I ask for permission to open this and to clear it. Um, And you want it to have it shown to you in a way as such that you can clear the emotion from it and gain the wisdom of the experience, but not be um, uh, not be embedded down with that emotional negativity so I want it cleared, I let that go, I disconnect from that um, and whatever that is that comes forward as you see it you you can let that go and just that awareness of what it is of. Where that's triggering um, and bringing that loving into it, and then bringing the light into that area, asking for the light to clear, heal, fill this area, seal it, and protect it for the highest good. Um, so that's number 10. Number 11 is the spiritual exercises, which is getting above and beyond this the right doing, wrong doing, the fields of karma. Um, and I discussed that there's um, an episode. I believe was number 20 uh, that has that in, um, in the podcast, but the, about the spiritual exercises. Uh, number 12 was that intentional type of freeform writing. And I'll put that uh, uh, step-by-step guide on my site, transcend.online, in this post. Um, for doing freeform writing, but this one you just start out by having an intention with whatever's present um, in the form of a prayer that anything that can be cleared from your relationship with the person or around um, ex- an experience you're having such as a grief or nausea or pain in the heart or whatever all that is, um, that that be done for the highest good of all concern. And then you just go into your regular freeform writing. It's just setting an intention beforehand. Um, the thirteenth tool is a silent ridicule, ridicule uh, doing three to five times a day. Make them look ridiculous in your mind. Focus on their foible and, um, and see them in that foible so you start seeing them in a more ridiculous light. Uh, the fourteen is build a positive image for yourself. So you're, write down, you're writing down and keeping track of all that you do that's good each day. Uh, so, as to fortify the positiveness of who you are, um, just like having and loving and being loved by that person fortified the positive for you, so now you 're um, getting your own approval, your own respect, and you 're choosing to stand up and do something positive in spite of whatever negativity you 're feeling, and you 're tracking down the the good things that you 're doing to bring that greater sense of um, fulfillment and and that greater self positive image Uh, and and remember to if you want happiness you imagine yourself having the happiness if you want um, a positive behavior if you want to um, have that success you you envision that you envision that the 15th is to let go of things to move it sell it get rid of it burn it dump it Um, those things that are holding that ectoplasmic aura the of you living together, of you being together, um, just that that energy in it that has associations in your mind that triggers places in your mind of association with this other person. Um, depending on the situation, you may be able to just move things around. Uh, you may need to get rid of some things. You may need to get rid of everything. You may need that you guys shared. You may um, whatever is holding you up or creating that negative a pattern of association in your mind. Um, You can also put the light into these things, ask for the clearing um, safely, burn some candles, do a home blessing, uh, asking for a calm of light every day. Um, Things of this nature... Uh, to assist you in letting go of whatever that physicality is that you shared with the other person. Um, number 16 is to reassert that positive direction daily, and that would be in that form of an affirmation or of an intention of who you truly are in an I am statement. And number 17, disconnecting statements um, so that things that you were taking personal or that you were over responsible. For in the situation that's currently going on or in the relationship that you you just write down those things, I'm not responsible for whatever it is um, and I don't have to do this and whatever happened, you know, whatever that is that that doesn't mean what I took it to mean about myself. That doesn't mean this. Um, Doing gratitude statements for what you have Doing a gratitude statement every day. I am grateful for and whatever that is. Forgiveness statements, identifying limiting beliefs, judgments, um, and what you are, what you're taking or took things to mean about you. The shoulds on your partner, yourself, or the situation. Uh, identifying those, bringing in the compassionate self, forgiveness. I forgive myself for, and then bringing in that compassionate and the truth is statement uh, from that higher. Place that higher vision of what the higher truth is in the situation and and is about you, um, and so you know you you eventually get into that place where you realize you know we're all doing the best we can, and uh, it can just release some of the the tensions on yourself and on the other person, and letting that go into spirit. So that's number nineteen, which is the forgiveness. Number twenty is the repulsive one uh the really dramatic way that JR discussed, you know, in his getting the the most disgusting thing that you can think of uh, with that person, such as, you know, the the rat that he mentioned <laughs> in their mouth the oozing you know, oozing ooze out of their eyes, and then you're gonna go kiss them. Like, you know, something that's really uh repulsive that that's with them that's on them that they're that's in that grossness that ugh and then having your like having to interact with them in a close way with them being completely repulsive so it can really shift that emotion really fast so if you if you need the big guns then that's number 20. Uh, so i hope that for those of you who are going through a breakup, a broken heart, are still trying to heal from something that happened before, and maybe a long time before. Maybe there are certain things that you haven't been able to let go of in a relationship that's been over for a long time, um, and maybe some of these tools uh, are worth looking at for you in terms of really letting go of those lovers of um, of those people that we've been that we sometimes are carrying around with us inside of us energetically so we can come to the next relationship um, so that we can come more clear and clean within ourselves with ourselves the relationship inside of us uh, that you can let go of those things which are no longer no longer working those energetic patterns that have kept tied in uh, from these relationships and so this was a quite a big subject matter um a lot of tools and techniques but i think that uh it is well deserving to have it be such uh such a large subject uh, such a large um podcast and such with so much material and information uh, because it's one of those things in life that can be extremely difficult and extremely hard. And we can help when we're in that. We can use all the help we can get. So that's our episode for today. Um, if you have any questions, feel 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 free to reach out to me at transcend.online. Um, and if, if you're interested in having greater personal support with me, I do have... Uh, a couple of those coaching availability coaching slots available right now Uh, so reach out to me and you can get that on my website as well transcend.online all right god bless you all